Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Sunday, June 16. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, let me pray for today and the brand new week. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the brand new week ahead of us. Thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to read your word, to reflect on it. We ask for your blessing and for your guidance in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. And happy Father's Day, by the way. Yeah. Are you excited? I am. Yeah. What are you doing for Father's Day? Lots of things. Do you have big plans? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. I do. Like, I I I don't know what they are. I know. I I know. Yes, we do have big plans. There we do. That's going to be great. But before we we engage in our big plans, we are going to read Amos chapter 9. We're going to do something really dismal. Yeah, and we're going to explain the whole uh, thing about what happens with Daily Walk. Yeah, we should as well. Yeah, this is the beginning of the week. So normally I do explain that the reason Uh this podcast exists is that we do a thing called Daily Walk and... Our church, along with a number of other churches, has a text, something it's focusing on every week, and the sermon is about that thing. So we have an email uh, Bible study, I guess you'd call it more than a newsletter, where we have writers who who write um, reflections about the text for the week, and then they offer some questions for discussion that you can do in Mm -hmm. groups or on your own. And this podcast, we read the text so that you don't have to if you're an auditory learner. And then we also discuss the recalibrate question. Yeah. Just Japheth and I, and it's always good times. It is. It Mm -hmm. is. So, shall I go ahead and read? Yeah, it's good. So, we always start the week with the English Standard Version, the ESV. And this week, we are focusing on Amos chapter 9. So, if you haven't been with us for the last eight chapters of Amos, well, you are just in for a real treat. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Should I, should I suggest that they go back and read all eight of those chapters? I think it's actually a quick just read. To, to it's a quick read. Get up to speed. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's not a quick read. It's just sort of, it could be a depressing read. Uh-huh. You want to make sure that you're we're in coming, a we're coming healthy to the mental state. Now. We're coming but to not the best too part. healthy, because if you're feeling really good, you wouldn't want to read this. And if you're feeling really bad, you wouldn't. It's like it's like watching Schindler's List. <laughs> there's kind of, it, there's not a perfect emotional time for doing that. It's hard to hard pick just the right kind of mood. hard to take sometimes, but yes. it's also good news. Anyway, without right. further ado, subheading, the destruction of Israel. I saw the Lord standing beside the altar, and he said, Strike the capitals until the thresholds shake, and shatter them on the heads of all the people. And those who are left of them I will kill with the sword. Not one of them shall flee away, not one of them shall escape. If they dig into Shoal, from there shall my hand take them. If they climb up to heaven, from there I will bring them down. If they hide themselves on the top of Carmel, from there I will search them out and take them. And if they hide from my sight at the bottom of the sea, there I will command the serpent, and it shall bite them. And if they go into captivity before their enemies, there I will command the sword, and it shall kill them. And I will fix my eyes upon them for evil and not for good. The Lord of hosts, he who touches the earth and it melts, And all who dwell in it mourn, and all of it rises like the Nile and sinks again like the Nile of Egypt, who builds his upper chambers in the heavens and founds his vault upon the earth, who calls for the waters of the earth and pours them out upon the surface of the earth. The Lord is his name. Are you not like the Cushites to me, O people of Israel, declares the Lord? 
Did I not bring up Israel from the land of Egypt and the Philistines from Kaphtor and the Syrians from Kir? Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom, and I will destroy it from the surface of the ground, except that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, declares the Lord. For behold, I will command and shake the house of Israel among all the nations as one shakes with a sieve, but no pebble shall fall to the earth. All the sinners of my people shall die by the sword, who say, Disaster shall not overtake or meet us. Subheading the restoration of Israel. In that day I will rise up the booth of David that has fallen, and repair its breaches, and raise up its ruins, and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper, and the treader of grapes him who sows the seed. The mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall flow with it. I will restore the fortunes of my people Israel, and they shall rebuild the ruined cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink their wine, and they shall make gardens and eat their fruit. I will plant them on their land, and they shall never again be uprooted out of the land that I have given them, says the Lord your God. All right. It ends on the restoration of Israel. Yeah, that was, it was good. more of a happy note than Yeah, it is. It is. And I think, I think actually it's and quite... And it's about time, I would say. It's about time. And I think it's actually really good because, I mean, it's, it's a heavy, heavy message all the way through there. And, well, and of course, everybody's dead at this point. So <laughs> by the time the restoration comes, there's no one there New generation. to enjoy it. <laughs> there will be. There will be. All right. So Nathan Brown's the one who's written the reflection for the entire series, Shepherd's Roar. And, uh, yes, he and deserves a special commendation. A phenomenal work. And so I really want to encourage you to read it. And uh, I mean, it should be it should be compiled together into something epic for everybody else to enjoy. But it's really, really good. It's on boulder.church forward slash daily. I encourage you to read that um, and, uh, and enjoy that because this is where the, the questions come from as well. And uh, the series, as we come to this one, the final week today, it's Promises of Hope is the Message. So here's the question for today. Why is it dangerous to assume that God is on our side? And how do we ensure that we are on God's side? Oh, well, I mean, yeah. There's, I think it's dangerous because people do all kinds of terrible things when they think that God is on their side. They They think that it justifies, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's happened quite a bit. I think also there's a, I mean, it's, it's dangerous to assume that God is on your side in the sense of when you, you when you wield God, um, yeah. as opposed to uh, believing God is on your side and you actually use God, um, as opposed to seeing God as actually a blessing on your, in your life. When, I think when that's did what God maybe, ever say that you should do that, that you should go saying, hey, God is on my side and therefore I can kill you or... <laughs> I can imprison you or I can take all your stuff or yeah. bad things are going to happen. I don't know, threaten people, whatever it is that people do. They I do think, all those I mean, things. Look, but where I would think, you get the idea that it was acceptable to do that? I think that there are examples in, in the Bible that talks about, that gives them, that they have stories where they have, feel like God is on my side and I have courage and therefore uh, I can progress and, and go ahead. And if I have to go to battle, God will protect me and help me through this in difficult times. Mm. And so that, that kind of idea of like conquer and conquest and all that kind of stuff, it does, it does pervade inside that. The difficulty is that today we have taken context, we have taken stories and narrative and just applied them um, 2,000, 3,000 years ago to today to the same way of life as well. Oh, it reminds me of one of those cartoons, you know, where 
I don't know, who would it be, Mickey Mouse or somebody, is fighting against, I don't know, whatever he'd be fighting against, other mice, I'm not sure, I can't uh, remember Mickey now. Mickey Mouse, And yeah. then, well, I'm just saying Mickey yeah, Mouse yeah, doesn't yeah, have to be yeah. Mickey Mouse, no, no, some kind of cartoon character, that's the one that came to mind. And behind him is some kind of a big monster, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So all the, th- the things he's fighting against flee. Yeah. And he thinks it's because he is so, so tough, strong, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that would be one of the dangers, would be kind of assuming that God is on your side, and then ooh, it turns out that he's not, and you're just kind of standing out there on well, your own. Yeah, that would that would be. I don't I don't know if that's as much as as much as it is. Uh, it possibly doesn't even really make any sense. <laughs> no, but, no, but I understand what you're saying because I think that's actually true. We we sometimes we overstretch ourselves and we think in that this the path and will, and that's actually maybe what the issue is, right? That well, we, if you get overly arrogant and are saying that things are going to happen a certain way, a that God is way. making things happen, and then it doesn't happen that mm-hmm. way, and like oh. And yet, at the same time, how do we ensure that we're like on God's instance, side? Like, for instance, if you go and tell everybody that, I don't know, Jesus is coming back on a certain date, and then he doesn't, because you don't actually get to command when things happen. That's true. That could be a little embarrassing. That could be a little embarrassing mm. if somebody's ever done that before. Um, and how do we ensure we're on God's side actually is just the the other counterbalance to this, which is really important, to be in, the, in line and in the will with God, because that's what Amos is saying to them, is that, you should be with God, and yet you shouldn't claim that you are doing these things in the name of God because you're not. And so there's this tension between the two places of being in line with God but not abusing the name of God because that's what they did. So, Yeah, and me, I'm not sure that you could ensure that you're on God's side. Yeah, that well, that's you, true. You know, how can you ever be sure? I guess what you try to do is act in humility and and just avoid making overly confident statements about anything. Yeah, yeah. Let me uh, repeat the question one more time then for today. Uh, why is it dangerous to assume that God is on our side and how do we ensure we are on God's side? Think about that, look after each other, live love, and we will connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other, and live love.